The Odessia by A. J. Garber. Introduction. Our sports shall be seen. Published on the fifteenth of December, twenty thirteen. Sometimes, when a cat settles on your chest, gazing at you with his dreamy, half-closed eyes, he thinks of an eternally sun-kissed green. An occasional breeze caresses your face and dances through your hair. The air is alive with chirps, buzzes, hums, and the fluttering of butterflies and ladybugs. The grass is lush and soft. The trees, which are perfect for climbing, burgeon with ripe fruit of every kind. And the air is perfumed by daffodils, tulips, buttercups, and clusters of thornless roses. Every cat will visit the screen at some point. It's in his nature. However, if he disappears, never to return, it is because he has been summoned to guide a traveller over the crossings at the end of the green. This is a great honour. The green gives way to a dusty gravel track at the edge of an inky abyss that extends into the horizon, and it is here that our story begins, when Odessa traversed the green and arrived at the crossings. Odessa came from a family of travellers. Although she was sad to leave her mother and father, brothers and sisters, she felt it had to be that way. She also missed their travelling menagerie, the musings of her cats, the chatter of her birds, the exclamations of her dogs, and even the anxious complaints of her guinea pigs. From time to time, she inquired after her family from passing birds, and all the reports were that they were getting on well without her, but that they missed her all the same. She wore soft, flat-soled boots. A pair of men's cargo pants with a simple leather belt, a fitted T-shirt, and a lightweight long-sleeve top. She carried all her belongings in a magical backpack, barely bigger than a pouch, that was infinitely bigger on the inside. No matter what you put in it, it always weighed next to nothing. She had long, tight black curls that cascaded over her shoulders and face and bobbled energetically. When her dark oak brown eyes, set underneath a pair of bold black eyebrows, focused on you, you could almost feel the information being siphoned. And when someone she especially loved held her close, she liked to purr softly and brush his cheek with hers. But there was no one that she especially loved any more. The sunlight drained away as Odessa stepped onto the gravel path. A cruel wind cut through her clothes, its tendrils at her throat, face, and ears. During her approach, the abyss had crept up into the sky. Now the green, barely an arm's length away, seemed a mirage. She put on a long jacket, a small silk scarf, and a pair of gloves from her backpack. All along the precipice is a row of wrought iron archways. Through each archway is a broad gangplank hovering in midair that leads to a glowing white hanging bridge suspended from nothing. Every bridge is as straight as a ruler and disappears into the distance. Some into the sky, some into the abyss, some straight ahead. At the beginning of every bridge is a Victorian street lamp that shines with a faintly blue-white light, to which is attached a white sign with a number in black. If viewed from the side, they would look like half of a perfect wagon wheel drawn in bright white ink on jet black paper. A well-proportioned ginger tomcat stepped into the light of a torch that was fixed to a nearby archway. His fur was divided into neat patchwork squares: some ginger, some auburn, some brown, and his four white paws looked like dainty gloves. His hindquarters were very fluffy, which gave them the appearance of billowing trousers from behind. 
he sat down somewhat officiously and looked up at her with bright hazel eyes. Oh, what a lovely kitty, she exclaimed. I wonder where you came from. My name is Pretorius Pathfinder the Twelfth, he replied in Queen's English, but my daily name is Trousers. I'm your guide. Odessa's eyes widened with delighted curiosity. What kind of a cat are you? Pretorius's chest puffed up with pride. I come from an old adventuring family. Every firstborn tomcat in my family for eleven generations, ahem, that is now twelve generations, he corrected himself, and seemed to swell even further. Every tomcat in my family has received a summons to guide a traveller over the crossings. Odessa didn't understand the significance of Pretorius's lineage, but she could see that he held great store by this fact. Why do they call you trousers? No sooner had she asked than he had stood up and displayed his voluminous hindquarters, arching his back and reaching out with his front paws in order to emphasize their length and shape. Oh, I see. You do look very elegant. Much obliged. Well then, I think I'll call you trousers if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Odessa regarded his sleek patchwork pattern coat, his fine bushy tail, his shapely ears, and his agile, dignified comportment. I must say, you are a handsome cat. Trousers licked the top of his front left paw, and then used it to pat down a tuft of fur on his head. He was particular about his appearance, and although he was never surprised to receive such compliments, he being a well-proportioned ginger tomcat after all, he was pleased. Trousers, where are we? We are at the crossings. It is time for you to choose a bridge. Are you sure? Odessa asked. Can't I just turn around and go back? I have been summoned, he replied with an air of finality. They stood in silence for a while before Odessa spoke. But there are so many bridges. 181 to be precise. Yes, 181. Which shall I choose? According to my summons, your first destination is the man in the mountain. After that, we shall have to work it out together. What do you mean my first destination? Can't I just come back afterwards? You can only cross each bridge once, and every bridge takes you to a different place. Odessa frowned. I'm not sure that I want to cross any of these bridges. Maybe I'll go back and play on the green instead. Maybe I should just go home. Why did you leave home? She sighed. There were many things she wanted to say, but thinking about it made her feel tired. It was time to go, she said simply. And why did you leave the green? Odessa was not sure about that. When she first got to the green, she thought she would never leave. But after a while, she started wishing she had someone to purr and cuddle with. The more she thought about that, the more she had felt drawn to the ugly darkness on the horizon. I was looking for someone, she began to say. And now that I've met you, we can return to the green together. Yes, you're what I need. Let's go back to the green. Trousers sat back down in silence. His bushy tail tapped the ground behind him a couple of times and then lay flat. He waited for her to continue. But Odessa hesitated. She didn't like to admit that she was afraid, but the prospect of not getting back home had knocked her off kilter. She turned to the green, so distant now it seemed, and then sat down on the gravel with her legs crossed. She shivered in the cold and hugged herself, feeling worn out and a little lonely. Trousers came and curled up in her lap. She stroked his head and his purr sounded like a cross between a bumblebee and a diesel engine. I'm afraid, she whispered. He didn't like to admit that he wasn't as confident as he seemed, but he reminded himself that a courageous cat is an honest cat. So am I, he muttered, with his chin on her forearm. But what shall I do? 
If you return to the green now, you will never find out what is on the other side. If you make your first crossing, you will only get back to the green at the end of your journey. But we can brave our fear together if we both accept it. Odessa gave him a gentle squeeze. He felt like a plush hot water bottle, and his purrs sent warm waves into her belly. He had always enjoyed being stroked and held, and found it difficult at times to remain sufficiently aloof. At any rate, there were no other cats around to see him, and he did feel less anxious about his formidable assignment. He rolled onto his back, and allowed her to stroke his stomach as his head lay on her hip. In that case, Odessa said finally, I should like to make a crossing. Which bridge leads to the man in the mountain? Bridge number 90. And so Odessa followed Pretorius Pathfinder the Twelfth through the archway, walked the hovering gangplank, and stepped onto bridge number 90. With every passing step, the wooden slat behind her burst into flames like a giant match, dissolved into ash, and drifted down into the abyss. There's no turning back now, Odessa said. I'm afraid not, he replied. The Odessia by A.J. Garber is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License, also known as a Free Culture License. Permissions beyond the scope of this license may be available at theodessia.com. You're welcome to share and use these stories in your works as long as you link back to theodessia.com. Feel free to get in touch via email, Facebook, Google+, or Twitter. All the links are down below and available also through Blogspot and Tumblr. If you'd like to donate to this project, you're most welcome to use the PayPal donation button to be found at the end of every chapter on the blog and anywhere else that is handy. If you'd like to get involved in the Odessia project, you are most welcome to get in touch with me to talk about writing, audio, video, artwork, or anything else that comes to mind. Thanks very much for listening, and you've been listening to The Odessia.